All right, friends, let me tell you about an awesome new t-shirt shop I found called Patriot Porch. They have all kinds of patriotic USA-themed t-shirts, tank tops, and hoodies. They have patriotic apparel for men and women. I really like their George Washington shirt that says, Too Cool for Tyrannical Rule. How awesome is that? They even have patriotic coffee mugs. I really like their enamel steel camp mugs. The steel mugs do not break, so you know they'll last a long time. Go to PatriotPorch.com. They have some really cool patriotic t-shirts. What I love about it is that their shirts are not about being on the right or being on the left. Their shirts are for people who just love America. With Father's Day and the 4th of July coming up, these shirts and mugs would make awesome gifts. So check them out. PatriotPorch.com, really one of the coolest stores I've seen lately. PatriotPorch.com. And I will include a link in this episode's description. Do yourself a favor, check it out. Billy Dean Shoemate III, and welcome back to the 90th episode of Strange Places. Man, this episode is brought to you by Spotify and DistroKid. And, uh, well, boy, we got a doozy for you this week. So before we get into it, not only do I want to thank the sponsors, the regular sponsors, as well as the ones who, uh, you know, hear the show, like what they, you know, dig what they hear and want to advertise with us, uh, the patrons as well. But uh, yeah, I can't, just 90 episodes, I'm flabbergasted. I say this like every 10 episodes or so, but with every one that comes out, I'm just, um, I'm amazed we're still here. And not only that, being one of the very few, very few podcasts out there that make, uh, you know, that I, I, I do this for a job, you know, that's, that's, that's amazing. And I have you to thank for that. So let's just dive in there. Let's just do our thing because this one is a this this is a weird one. The Bassano vase, 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 vase. You know what? I think we're just gonna say we're gonna say vase. I, I don't know which one is correct, but I always thought the word vase was a little bit classier. Let's go with vase. This vase is thought to be one of the scariest cursed objects in the world. Now, it's locked in a coffin that's been buried in a mystery spot. The vase was given to a woman as a wedding gift, and then she was murdered, maybe. And the, uh, you know what? The more I say vase, it's going to start driving me insane. Uh, we're going to say vase, all right? It just flows better. I'm, I know I'm going to end up saying this word like 500 times. So the vase, the vase was moved through her family, bringing a chain of strange deaths with it. So if you want kind of a short little tag, short little paragraphy information about what this vase is, there it is. But let's, uh, let's dive a little deeper, shall we? So the Bassano vase is a curiously strange tale. Surrounded in death, the vase was considered cursed by those who possessed it, but seemingly cursed without any kind of explanation. In fact... Nobody really understands how or why it became so powerful or where the curse originated from. That's going to pose a problem. 
Also, unlike other haunted or cursed objects, the Bassano vase isn't available for scrutiny. So, you know, there's that too. Its whereabouts are actually unknown at this time. There's no direct eyewitness accounts of the problematic vase, only stories of its deadly power. From what's commonly known, the vase, it was a simple silver design. We do have a photo of it, by the way. Weighing approximately four pounds. It was crafted sometime during the 15th century. Yeah, as a wedding gift. It's been listed on multiple websites as one of the most haunted objects ever made. But the lack of details on the origin of the vase continue to perplex even the most diligent students of the paranormal. This one really tested the limits of my ability to research. This one really, uh, this, this was a tough one. From what I could gather, the earliest account of the vase dates back to the 15th century, like we said. A lot of websites, a lot of places that you look online say that the origin of the vase is completely unknown. No, it's not. I traced it to Napoli, Italy. There's a legend there that says that a vase was given to a young bride on the night before her wedding, perhaps as a gift of good fortune, maybe even something more sinister. Now, we hear this story everywhere about the vase, you know, but I, through various kind of weird back alley places and asking people on, you know, forums and stuff like that, they kept telling me about this, you know, legend in Napoli. And then the more that I researched. I did find some websites that made mention in Napoli, Italy, so I don't lay claim to that discovery. But you're going to see that a lot of places say, oh, the origin's unknown. And no, no, it's not. It's not well known. But uh, yeah, it is safe to say this did originate from Italy. Now, the young woman never made it to her own wedding, in case you're wondering. She was discovered dead the next morning. Some people say it was murder, while others have no explanation. It's likely that the latter has more credibility since there's no records of a murder investigation with this at all. The murder angle isn't always part of the story, but as we review the stories, well, trust me, it'll be examined. Very little information has survived about the bride-to-be or her suitor, including their names. We're going to run into this a lot. I'm just telling you right off the bat. A lot of these stories are pretty apocryphal. Soon after the young woman was interred, the Bassano vase was given to another family member who sadly also perished shortly after receiving the thing. It was once again passed to another family member with the same unfortunate ending, another quick death almost immediately after taking possession of the vase. The family soon came to the understanding that the vase was cursed and connected to death somehow, so they had it hidden away. There's a lot of claims on how this thing was hidden, too. Even the stories about its disappearance are apocryphal. Some people say it was buried. Others say it was hidden by a priest, presumably in a church or other holy resting place. I like that one. Very romantic. Both versions could be true because the tale takes in a uh, kind of a hiatus here and not the kind of hiatus you're thinking of. I'm talking hundreds of years. What happened from the time the family decided to part with the vase permanently and its much later rediscovery is unknown. And oh yeah, it was rediscovered. The Bassano vase remained hidden until it resurfaced in 1988, bringing even more hardship and death along with it. The tale of the rediscovery 
tells how it was found by an unsuspecting young man who dug it up somewhere. Again, there's much frustration for me about the lack of specific details on locations and names. Some say his yard, while other versions simply skip over the geography. It's also been said um, he just dug it up somewhere. That's, that's all we know. It's also been said that the Bassano vase was buried with a note that stated, Beware, this vase brings death. Okay. <laughs> like I said, some of it's very romantic. Uh, you know, pretty uh, apocryphal. Apparently, this warning had little effect on the young man who unearthed it. And I keep saying that word, you know, apocryphal, but um, this thing is known as one of the most haunted items in the world. And uh, a lot of people swear by this thing. So, I mean, we have to give it the benefit of a doubt. Let's examine this like we do everything else, you know. No uh, prejudices, no preconceived notions until we got everything, right? Now, this guy must have only looked at the financial ramifications of the item and disregarded the message, right? He auctioned this thing off, sands the warning note, for four million Italian liar. This is about 2540 bucks U.S., Sold it to a pharmacist. Now, as far as the auction house, the buyer, the man who made the discovery, the pharmacist himself, you can guess, right? We have no idea. Any information about any of this. Yeah, we don't know the name of the auction house, the buyer, the man who made the discovery. We don't know any of it. Making this insanely difficult to research. You're starting to feel my pain now, aren't you? <laughs> trying to sift through the you know what uh, what even to talk about because the, you know there's just a lot there. It seems like what this vase a lot of people are playing a big old game of telephone and it's difficult to you know in my research it's very difficult to find out what the first person in line was saying. You know what I mean? Because by the time it gets to the end of the line, you're hearing, it's like the game of telephone. Remember we played that in school, depending on how old you are? One person would whisper something into somebody's ear, and there was a whole line of people, right? And it was something normal, like, hey, you dropped your pencil, or um, I like your shirt, or whatever. And then by the time it gets to the end of the line, you're hearing stuff about pink elephants. And it was a study about how, uh, there's a lot of things you can study about the game of telephone, but it had a lot to do with... Um, how easily information can be, or word of mouth, you know, firsthand accounts can be skewed. And I'm seeing a lot of that. I saw a lot of that during my research, a big game of telephone. So I tried my absolute best. This one put me to the test, boy, trying to find out what was said as early in that line as possible. And I'm not seeing anything regarding this auction. No evidence at all. Only people saying that it occurred. This poor pharmacist died after three months, and his family sold the vase to a doctor, who himself died at the age of 37 only a, sh a few short months later. It was sold once again to an archaeologist who was a collector of artifacts. Within three months, the collector too had perished. His cause of death was a mysterious infection. The causes of death... In the other, you know, modern day victims has not been detailed. Hasn't been detailed in the ones before that either. I don't know why I wrote that. The stories continued with one last sale that I can find. Information about the last owner 
if you can believe it, is the thinnest than all the other previous ones, except for the fact that he perished less than a month after taking possession. Very little is known. The string of deaths has n- hadn't gone unnoticed, and the Bassano vase became unsellable. And, if we're to believe the stories, at this time a family member of the last victim was said to have tossed it out a window in an attempt to literally break free from the curse. Although the family was spared further tragedy, the story doesn't end simply here. The, very, the, the vase nearly struck a, a... I can Every time I practice these words and I hit record, you know, I can never do them right. I can, I can practice it all day. Second I'm recording, goes out the window. Carabinieri? Sorry, if you're from Italy, and I do have listeners in Italy, I'm totally sorry. Police officer is what it is. The vase nearly struck a cop who retrieved it with the intention of finding the person who threw it at him. It was said that the family accepted a fine for littering, but refused to take the vase back. The Polizia di Stato, state police, attempted to place the artifact in a museum, but the word had already circulated about the vase being cursed. So strong was the belief that no institution would accept this thing. This fact seems somewhat difficult to comprehend, right? Since many of the world's Egyptian artifacts, as well as other things taken from tombs all all across the world, are suspected to be cursed, yet still reside in museums. Right? A few versions of the story tell of one policeman in the area who could feel the negative energy of the vase and took it upon himself to dispose of the evil, as he called it. The Bassano vase was said to be once again reburied in an undisclosed location. Some say it was buried in a lead box, others say in the holy ground of a cemetery, Some versions even say both. Now, as you can see, the story details change quite a bit, depending on who's telling them. In researching the history of the vase, there's no shortage of different theories and angles on this. A lot of paranormal sites I found go out of their way to add verbiage to gin this thing up, you know, and make it seem like a much stronger story than it really is. I found other sites that mention a 1989 ex-Yugoslav magazine but provide no link to the piece or even the name of the magazine that supposedly did an expose on this thing. Also, there only seems to be one photograph that circulated throughout the numerous writings. Still, others use the vase as a sag, you know, into stories about other cursed or haunted objects. It's often found on the top of top ten lists of cursed objects. Amazing to me that there's almost zero verifiable information about this thing, and I always... It, it's popped up on this show, like, you know, when I'm trying to come up with ideas for shows and stuff like that. It's popped up on my list numerous times. Pretty amazing for something that has almost zero information, you know, traceable information tied to it. Now, as mentioned at the start of this, the story's thin on details, but... In investigative fairness, <laughs> it makes sense to review the different theories for validity and substance, right? I mean, one of the main glaring things missing from most accounts is the answer to why the Bassano vase is cursed. The prevailing thought relies almost completely on the murder versus, you know, untimely death angle, right? The account tells the horrific tale of a young woman murdered, but before she passes over into, you know, passes over, the veil is said to have whispered in her dying breath, you know, like sucked in her soul, you know, something like that. There's always something there. 
Great story. <laughs> Almost horror movie-esque, but appears to be a fabrication by all accounts, some say. Most of the major details, such as everyone's name, locations of where the event took place, who crafted this face, they're all missing. No motive for murder seems to be evident for anything, yet despite most of the key components being absent, this story tells of the woman's dying words and her wish for vengeance. Like I said, very romantic stuff. Also, I gotta mention this. I mean, examining the details with a bit of a broader stroke, the fact that the Bassano vase was made of silver makes it an unlikely choice for a cursed object. Now, hear me out. <laughs> if, you, if you subscribe to this, this is just, uh, these aren't my opinions here. This part of it, I should have told you ahead of time. This is what people are saying. We're getting into the factual and debunky stuff. I want to hear both sides. This is the section, you know, of the show where we kind of examine what both ends are saying, right? Now, there are some people that saying silver has the reputation of being an element used to stop or ward off evil, not to propagate it. It's always considered to be on the positive side in the battle between good and evil. Magical items of protection are routinely made of silver, which is true. The only thing that really discolors silver is sulfur, which is associated with many different concepts of evil. It would seem that any curse powerful enough to stick to a four-pound silver object, you know, has got to be pretty powerful and pretty dangerous. Again, not personal opinion. I'm just giving you both sides of it. Another angle worth considering, I think, is the fact that the Bassano vase was very plain. Now, you might not think that this is something to study. You might think I'm stretching a bit, but uh, yeah, hear me out, okay? During this time, plain was not in vogue with stuff like this. Silver art was crafted in the Renaissance. However, most vases were porcelain and decorated exquisitely. With multiple colors, scenes of Italian life at the time, the shape and the style of this thing does not fit with the time period it was supposedly crafted either. It doesn't. I mean, one of, I, I, <laughs> I did a lot of research on this thing. This does not resemble a vase from the time period. It doesn't. One of the strange features is the lack of a flat bottom. This thing looks like a bottle vase with a much wider, like, scalloped opening at the top, indicating something later than the 15th century and not Italian in the slightest. I mean, the closest comparison that I could find was a Chinese vase, pomegranate vase from the Qin Dynasty. This is, we're talking 1700s, way later. There's also silver Persian vases, which resemble the Bassano, but none of them are plain on the exterior, and none of them primarily from this time period. Now, some of the lesser details could be further investigated, yeah, but based on the cursory information gathered for this work, a lot of people are saying that this thing has roots that go much deeper than the stories. Some people are saying this is just BS, right? I mean, the backstory could have been a creation of the individual who unearthed it in 88, or a rare variation on another cursed object tale. I mean, you put a vase on eBay, even a pretty silver one from, you know, you could say it's from the 1500s all day, but when you say it's cursed, ooh, now, now we're talking money, right? Because it has a story. I'm not saying that's what happened, but it happens, right? If it wasn't for the number of quick deaths associated with it in the 1980s, no one would pay any attention to it anyway, right? But the number of deaths connected to it is too many to be coincidental, some say, and cannot be simply brushed aside. 
It's obvious that the vase has a negative imprint on it. I mean, one that's strong enough to last this long. We know that many antiques carry kind of an energy to them. Some due to an event in their past, which some people think infused with something terrible. And a small few which have purposely been weaponized through a curse, hex, you know. We've established on the show that curses are real. What we don't know is which type is connected to this face. And it's currently missing. So we never know. Now, I'm going to, aside from my squeaky chair, I'm going to try to mix this out as best I can. But if you hear any noise, like people yelling, kids playing, I apologize. It's summer. And um, apparently kids like to go outside and instead of playing in the dirt and doing what we did back in the day, I grew up in the 80s, they just go outside and scream their asses off for hours. I don't get it. Maybe I'm just getting old. I don't know. <laughs> so if you hear any of that, I apologize. Plus the you know AC is on. It's hot as hell back here. But, you know, I leave those things going and I try to mix them out as best I can. But I want to be an example, you know, for podcasters out there. You want to start a podcast if it's a little noisy, if you can only do it in a bedroom, do it. I'm doing it. Look, you can make it sound good, you know, aside from the kids like screaming bloody murder outside. Anyway, maybe I am just getting old, but let's Encyclopedia Brown this thing. Okay, let's really look into it. See if we can develop some kind of... Uh, some kind of verdict. There are some pieces of evidence that people have used to support this thing, so we'll go into that first. Numerous historical accounts and eyewitness testimonies exist, documenting the tragedies and misfortunes that have allegedly befallen the owners of this thing throughout the centuries. These accounts often detail unusual and untimely deaths, strange occurrences, string of bad luck associated with the you know possession of the vase. So we yes, we do have stories, historical accounts, right? That can't be just ignored. The pattern of misfortune. Supporters of the curse point to a consistent pattern of misfortune from the owners. This one kind of bugs me because we don't have records of the owners. We don't know who they were. If you don't have a name, you can't verify. This one bothers me. The psychological impact. Believers argue that the psychological impact experienced by individuals who possess or even interact with this face is evidence of its curse. They point to accounts of increased feelings of unease, dread, a general sense of negativity associated with the artifact. Such psychological effects are often cited as indications of a supernatural influence at play. Another reason people use to state its validity would be cultural folklore. The presence of legends and folklore surrounding the Bassano vase passed down through generations adds to the belief in its curse. I mean, these tales, often rooted in local traditions and beliefs, people still talk about this thing in the area, further contribute to the idea that the vase possesses a malevolent power capable of inflicting harm. Some people use comparative analysis. Proponents of the curse draw comparisons between the misfortunes associated with the Bassano vase and those linked to other cursed objects. They argue that the patterns of tragedy align with other well-known cases, suggesting a common thread of supernatural influence, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. There's personal testimonies, too. Some individuals claim to have experienced unusual occurrences or negative effects after coming into contact with this thing. These first-hand accounts that we do have describe unexplained phenomena such as strange sounds, unsettling feelings, blah, blah, blah. But do we have any records of who wrote these accounts? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Skeptics often attribute misfortunes to coincidence, psychological factors. I think that we have very well established on this show that curses are a thing. Now I gave you the reasons that people use to validify, you know, uh, what am I? Well, I can't say the word. My God, validate. Wow, this thing. But this is where I'm leaning, okay? I just got to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you where I'm sitting. Now, I hate to be that guy. <laughs> we have almost zero... Con I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you where I'm sitting with it, all right? We have almost zero concrete evidence. Skeptics argue, and I hate to disagree with them at this point, that despite the tales and legends surrounding this face, there's a notable absence of concrete, verifiable evidence anywhere. I point out the lack of reliable documentation, no scientific studies, no empirical data that directly links the vase to any of these alleged misfortunes, any of them. Another thing, the misfortunes associated with the Pisano vase may be nothing more than coincidences. Coincidences do exist. I can't write them off. Even though we've proved curses too, coincidences are a thing also. As humans, we seek patterns and connections in things. Our brains are hardwired to do that often attributing negative effects to a specific cause when, in reality, they might be completely unrelated. Confirmation bias, right? Individuals selectively interpret or remember information that confirms preconceived notions may also play a role in perpetuating the belief in this curse. The only time you'll ever hear me say that on this show is in times like this, where we have zero verifiable evidence. Nothing. And the only thing that I do have evidence for, when we talk about, okay, we have two boxes, right? One box is labeled coincidences. The other box is labeled the Bassano vase. I have evidence that coincidences are a thing. They exist. Bassano vase, that box is empty, boy. So I, I'm kind of forced to look in that coincidence box. I also contend... You can quote me on this, that the legends and folklore surrounding this face are rooted in cultural and historical contexts that embrace superstitions and beliefs and curses. Is that a bad thing? No. But these stories sound pretty embellished to me, apocryphal, distorted over time. I think this is more of a myth than a story. There's a psychological impact experienced by individuals who believe in this curse the power of suggestion and belief can lead people to experience physical, psychological symptoms, even in the absence of any external cause. Again, you'll never hear me say anything on the show like this, but let me add something, okay? Let me restate my sentence. The power of suggestion and belief can lead people to experience physical and psychological symptoms, even in the absence of any external cause or fucking evidence. There's a possibility about exaggeration when it comes to the misfortunes associated with the Bassano vase. The stories of uneventful or positive experiences with the artifact, we don't have any of those. They might be ignored completely, downplayed, while negative incidents are attributed to a curse, creating a skewed perception of its effects. Like I said, Bassano vase box is empty. We gotta come to something. What bugs me the most 
is that the curse of the Bassano vase does not consistently produce the same effects on all individuals who come in contact with it. Curses are pretty exact things, pretty cut and dry. They do what they do. If the curse were real, one would expect a more predictable and reproducible pattern of misfortune, right? Rather than sporadic and inconsistent incidents. Now, somebody argued with me on this one because I had a talk about about this with somebody <laughs> earlier today. And they said, well, look at Little Bastard, James Dean's car, which I can't wait to do an episode on that one. The incidents were inconsistent there, too. They just caused kind of seemingly random accidents. I said, yeah, but they're all verified. <laughs> Even if they're not true, we can trace these stories back to a place, to a time, to a person. Not only that, they are similar. It all involved somebody working with automobiles, a guy loading it, a mechanic, a driver, a buyer. It's similar. It all had to do with the, the car, you know what I mean? It's not Christine. It didn't kill somebody with a radio or a seatbelt or anything like that. These are accidents that you would expect somebody buying or refurbishing or redoing a car would have. The curse of the Bassano vase, what people are saying, these things, this is all over the place. These points, I think, raise really important considerations for those examining the curse of the Bassano vase. Skeptics challenge the existence of the curse based on the, these factors. It's essential to approach this with an open mind. I got it, you know, you got to. Both skeptical viewpoints and believers' perspectives. But the more I look at this, the believers' perspectives, there's not enough, it doesn't hold enough water to fill a freaking thimble. And instinct is a big one. It is. Instinct is a big one. Yes, these stories came from somewhere. But there's one thing that I'm going to go back to, okay? Now, a lot of people are going to be kind of... <laughs> I think a lot of people would be upset with what I'm about to say because I'm just going to preface this with what I always say on the show, right? Common fucking sense is never used anymore in the field of paranormal study. It's just not. It's all about sensationalism. It's all about the clicks. It's all about the headlines. It's all about the sound bites, the ratings. I'm not saying everybody's like that, but the research has been tainted, and it's been tainted forever. I don't know if there's any going back, but what I see is an extreme lack of common sense when it comes to the paranormal stuff. I think that's what makes Strange Places what it is. I think that's what made it successful. I think that's what our poll is, what we do different. We use some common fucking sense, and you don't see that. People want, and I get it. They want so much for something outside of their normal lives to be real. We want these stories to be real, right? We want to believe that there's something past the veil that we don't see or understand. And I think there are. But we don't need to embellish. We don't need to stretch. We don't need to ditch our common sense to prove it. There are things we've proven on the show. There's things we've disproven on the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna flat out say it. The Bassano vase. There's one thing that I keep going back to. 
that clinched it for me. This vase does not fit any kind of vase made at the time in that century, in, you know, in that century, especially in Italy. Now, either this vase is completely one of a kind and somebody made this thing out of solid silver and it looked like no other vase at the time that nobody else had. It was 100% completely unique and, you know, just didn't follow any of the cultural traditions at all, which is, I hate to say it, pretty damn unbelievable, especially in a society at the time that was as culturally uh, aware and uh, aware of their own history and culturally respectful of their own history as it were. This face does not look like anything made in that country or that time period. It does not. And we don't have any kind of study, any scientific analysis. This was bought by an archaeologist. Think about that. One of the stories was this thing was purchased by an archaeologist, right? So if some guy who runs a podcast who just happens to you know, have some damn common sense and also happens to be really fucking good at research. That's just one of my things. I've always been good at it. If I can find out that this vase seems, I'm not going to say anachronistic, but mis, uh, misdated or misplaced, filed improperly, if I can come to that conclusion if this was thing was bought by a professional archaeologist, he should have noticed that instantly, right? Why would he buy a vase that looks absolutely nothing like the time period it supposedly came from and the place it supposedly came from? Why would any archaeologist worth his salt buy something that he couldn't verify as to, you know, when and where it existed? Doesn't make any sense to me. No archaeologist worth his salt is going to purchase this thing. Why? Because they should have noticed any archaeologist. I'm not an archaeologist, and I noticed it. Any archaeologist right away is going to notice this thing doesn't match up with what I hear. That is what clinches it for me. I'm sorry, but this vase, from what I'm seeing... And I'm not just going on what I say here. This thing does not match the time period and the place of which it was produced. It doesn't. Now, could this be a one-off? Could someone have gotten artistic or made something? Yeah. <laughs> How do you think we get new things? How do you think that we get, you know, different changes in design and all that? But what I keep going back to is that archaeologist. This thing was bought by... <laughs> it's reasonable to say that this thing was... Mis <laughs> the date's wrong and the place is wrong. Either somebody embellished it, didn't know what the hell they were talking about, or it's just been lost to time, or it became part of a legend, whatever. Now, I just keep going back to that. No archaeologist worth his salt is going to purchase that. No way. Because that's something that should have been a red flag before he even bought it. No self-respecting archaeologist is going to do that. They're just not. It is extremely, extremely unlikely. And I'm going to throw out there with this culture, damn near impossible that a vase was created in this place in this time period that looks like that. It's, it's not a vase from that time period. It's not. The fact that there's no evidence bugs me. The fact that a lot of these stories seem completely apocryphal. The curse, which we've learned about curses on this show, curses are a package. They do one thing and one thing only, right? <laughs> the, 
the stories are all over the place. I'm sorry, but my common sense is lighting up like a Christmas tree. If I'm seeing something that has zero evidence that we can't verify, that isn't tied to anybody that we can research, doesn't seem to line up with the time period in which it was produced and the place it was produced, I'm sorry, but all I keep seeing here is uh, just apocryphal stories and, quite frankly, bullshit. Unless this thing is dug up and we find out that it is truly an anomaly of its time, I am going to put a stamp on the Bassano vase debunked. There's just too much there. The stories are all over the place, and we have nothing concrete. Nothing. We, have, we don't even know where to start researching this thing. This is one of the most difficult episodes I've ever had to record. <laughs> right? It's just that last thing, man. That last thing that clinched it for me. I'm not seeing any vase that was made around the time that looked like this. Not even remotely. Even from other countries. That's just, they did not make vases like this in that time. I can't find any other country where this, something like this has popped up. Closest thing was China. But boy, those things were decorated. Oh, they were beautiful. Plains over vases? Sorry, it didn't exist at that time. They didn't. An archaeologist would have known that. So what do you guys think, huh? The Bassano vase. Make sure to go on Asylum817.com. That's Asylum817.com for all things strange places related. All the social media links are there as well as a link to get to our Patreon account where you can get everything from bonus episodes, giveaways at certain tiers, ad-free episodes. I recently uh, went back to all the tiers on Patreon and I kind of I just cleaned up some stuff, rearranged some stuff. You should check out the tiers, man. If you want to do something to support the show, just a little bit extra... Um, do me a favor and check it out. It's uh, pretty cool. Go to Asylum817.com. Click on the podcast. You'll see the Patreon links on there. If you want to do that little extra, I appreciate it. Shout out to the patrons, by the way, the ones that do. The Kunkel Homestead YouTube channel. Donald Haynes, David Peterson. I appreciate you guys. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming back. Episode 90. <laughs> it still blows my mind. So yeah, that is all we got. We'll see you next time, okay? And are we ever going to run out of strange places to talk about? I don't think so, because every town has a strange place, and maybe one day, we'll visit yours. Have you always been curious about the unknown, the unexplainable? Do you find yourself intrigued by the mysterious and paranormal side of the world? Then let's find out with co-host Diego as the podcast for you. Join in on an adventure into the world of the inexplicable and get insights from experienced researchers, investigators, and experts. Listen to mind-bending discussions and fascinating stories as Let's Find Out explores the strange, mysterious, and paranormal. Let's Find Out is a unique and engaging podcast that uncovers the mysteries of the cryptic and unknown. With insightful interviews and discussions, they discover the very latest theories, discoveries, and investigations that may someday give us the final answer as to what may be behind the veil of reality. 
So if you're curious about the strange and unexplained, then make Let's Find Out with co-host Diego a stop on the journey of your personal curiosity. Links will be provided in this episode's description, so check it out.